ormai che manovra chiamo What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. My guest this week is the Reverend Dr. Tamara Rodenberg, president of Bethany College. Uh, we're gonna, actually not going to be here. We're going to be up in her office, so we'll get to that very shortly. Also wanted to remind you that this is a giveaway week, so obviously, if you're in Bethany, first 10 people in the door uh, that go back to Harry and say, I'm a, I'm a Chucklehead that watches Dingo Talk. Get a free breakfast sandwich on me, get entered into the lunch special, which will come down two weeks from now. Uh, but without further ado, Dr. Rodenberg. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. Uh, it's not the alumni tour, but our guest is probably as special as they come when you get to Bethany. Uh, the Reverend Dr. Tamara Rodenberg. Uh, first off, Dr. Rodenberg, thank you. Sure. There's your tea. Oh, my tea, yes. So then everybody, we can all have a, we can have a drink while we do this. Um, we're gonna go basically the same way we do. This one? Okay, all right. That's yours. You take That's that with you. Well, you keep it with you here. Look, here it cracked the. So we're gonna do this, guys, the way we always do it, which is I'm gonna start with, and I, I'm not gonna. We might not throw years in here, but all the way back to TCU. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's not throw the years. We'll just go all the way back to TCU and we'll work our way through. In the first part, I'll send it to KJ uh, for his. From Maple Shades Outdoors, and then we'll come back out and we'll do everything Bethany, and then we'll hear a couple words from Harry Chambers. So, sounds good. Uh, TCU, yes. let's spring before you get there. Is there a reason TCU? Kind of give us the background on how you ended up at TCU. So, I was born and raised in Colorado, and if you know anything about the Colorado Texas divide, you know, Texas and Colorado have always had a nice state to state competition. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was a student at, starting as a student at Colorado University while I was also in high school doing kind of part and part. And I thought, no, it's time for me to spread my wings and leave Colorado. And go <laughs> I know, I know, Coloradans out there, sorry. I, I'll come back one day and retire. But, uh, you know, I thought I should spread my ring, wings and, and TCU is a church-affiliated school. So I knew about it. Mm -hmm. I knew about the, the history of TCU and thought this would be a good place to go. So in my time, you didn't apply to 10 colleges. You, you applied to maybe three, and, and you got mm -hmm. in to one of the three. So uh, I applied to TCU and uh, got into TCU with a, with a scholarship that made it possible for me to go. And so I moved from Colorado to Texas and uh, started this journey. And so you have a, a you get a bachelor's in communications from TCU. I do. That's correct. Bachelor's in, I actually had double majored in religion and communications. Uh, my, I was majoring in religion and my dad said to me, get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I had an agreement with him. I also did communications so that I could get a real job someday. <laughs> so from TCU, and I think I went through this with you on the, before we, we started recording, the Lexington Theological Seminary was the next stop educationally. That's right. Well, <laughs> along with get a real job, I <laughs> really did feel a call to ministry. And so while I was at school at TCU, there was a recruiter from Lexington Theological Seminary. Lexington Theological is within the life uh, stream of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, of which Bethany College is the home, home ground for that. So um, I had an opportunity to go into ministry 
uh, at the time, a female in ministry was a big deal. Um, and so I decided that I would study for a seminary education, go into called ministry, at the, and I wanted to go overseas and live in India and Africa, which I ultimately got to do. Mm -hmm. um, and been an ordained minister ever since. So I had a wonderful experience at LTS. So at LTS, and then we could, well, I'm going to fast forward just for everybody. So you pointed out that it is, it's, it's an affiliate to the disciples. Yes, it is. And so then when we get to this part where we're going to talk about Bethany, it's all full circle almost. You, you, you went to LTS and then you ended up where the disciples really, I mean, Alexander Campbell right down the road there. <laughs> it's, it's actually, when we get to that part, just a preview, it, it is how I got to Bethany. <laughs> so that connection, that relationship. So then from there, and is this GTU? The Graduate Theological Union, yes. So uh, from, from doing my work in seminary, I wanted to go out you know, young 20s, I want to see the world. So uh, I wanted to go overseas, went to Africa and uh, first went to India and finished my master's in India and at the uh, Theological Seminary in Bangalore. And then I came back, served a congregation and then said, no, I'm still young. I want to travel. I want to see the world. So moved to Africa for the next five years and ran all over the, ran all over the globe uh, in Africa. Had my first child in Africa and thought, okay, time to settle down. <laughs> That's when I was like, okay, I should get serious about a PhD. So more, it was more just sort of life timing, not this grand design to get a PhD. Yeah, there wasn't a big, right? well, there was a plan, but there wasn't. There was like an idea. <laughs> I knew someday I'd like to get one. So. Yeah. Uh, but nothing like kids to settle you down. And so I thought, okay, I need to, I need to start applying. So sight unseen, I apply from rural Africa to Berkeley, UC Berkeley, California, in the Graduate Theological Union there on the Hill. Um, got accepted, got a presidential full-ride scholarship for a doctorate, and moved, literally packed my bags in rural Africa, got on a plane, and landed in San Francisco, California, across the bridge. And I'll never forget sitting at the University of California on the top of the hill, looking back at the, at the Bay Bridge. Mm -hmm. At the time, there was a Bears game going on, so it was packed, right? <laughs> so I, I hadn't seen so many people in one place for years. And I remember sitting to myself thinking, what have I done? <laughs> but there I was in the middle of Berkeley and uh, starting my PhD. And uh, the rest of the story is that I actually finished and got a PhD. <laughs> so with the PhD, you stay in California for a little bit, correct? That's you, right. You become the, the Dean of Southern Cal and the Interim President? That's correct. That's correct. So uh, I was in Northern California for the first part of my career teaching, learning the ropes of being a new PhD, minted PhD, and then was invited to go to Southern California to work for the Disciples Seminary Foundation. Again, within my, my purview of being Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, so went to Southern California to be the dean of the program. And then um, while being the dean of the program, the president decides to retire without a succession plan. So I'll, I'll never forget it. it again, I was, to t I was supposed to be teaching only, right? So uh, I'm sitting in my office and I hear the chair of the board, the vice chair of the board and the, and the CF uh, and the head of finances walking down the hall toward my office. And they walk into my office and said, we'd like to make you interim president as of now. Uh, is it something you want to accept? It was like, uh, let me think about that for a minute. I'll get back to you. So I accepted, we, I was interim president of the foundation uh, which sort of threw me into the whole fundraising, how do you do foundations, how do you mm -hmm. account for endowment accounting and everything you need to know to be uh, president. 
So I spent my time really learning there. Uh, it was an interim, otherwise I'd still be in Southern California. <laughs> right on the beach. It was an interim, and so just as that interim came to a close, here's where it kind of comes back to TCU. Uh, I actually got on the airplane, and across the hall from me was uh, Newell Williams, who's the president of Bright Divinity School, and he was on the hall across from me at the plane, and disciples aren't that big of a community, so he knew that I was in an interim, and while on the plane, he said, you know, I would like you to come to back to TCU to the Divinity to Bright Divinity School. Uh, why don't you think about doing advancement? <laughs> I thought, well, I have a PhD in economics and uh, theology. It, it would make some sense to get some on the ground, real experience mm -hmm. in, in fundraising and economics and, and instead of just theory. So I agreed and I ended up at TCU and uh, became the vice president for advancement there. And it, so as the vice president, you're there for you're there for four years and three months. That's right. If I have my, my notes. Again, uh, you see a pattern here. I never intended to leave any place. <laughs> Um, at what point, because we're getting, we're, we're rapidly coming up to this, yeah. the Bethany story. At what point does Bethany become, a, a, I don't want to call it a blip on the radar, but we are, we are a blip here in, in our little, our little corner of the world. When does it become a, oh, I, I, I think I'd like to go up there and. and... Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. So that's a little bit longer story. I, I had no intention of, of leaving work at, at TCU in, in advancement. We had just finished one round of fundraising and we were getting ready to start another campaign. Uh, they had, pre, before I got there, had started a campaign to complete a new building. Mm -hmm. So I came happily in the middle of that and got to finish the building, see it built, and we were ready to start launching another campaign. Uh, but something happened in between there. And so for all the athletes out there, you'll appreciate this, which, uh, I, I was an athlete for most of my life and still am, try to be sometimes. Uh, but this particular year, <clears throat> I was talked into trying to lift a 300 pound piece of slate off of an antique pool table. So I said, okay, well, we were we were doing some work and we couldn't find anyone who could lift it. I was like, I can do this. Right on. So, <laughs> so we start sliding that slate off the end of the pool table. The first piece, it's in three pieces. So the first piece goes fine. We get it onto a dolly and out the house. Mm -hmm. No problem. I've got this. Second piece, we start sliding it. For whatever reason, when I went to put the second piece down, it slipped. And it's antique. So your brain is like, yeah, grab one more. Well, that wasn't the best move. So it tore my L3, L4, L5 in my back, just like a little zipper. Not a good day. No, no I... So I immediately went into surgery, was on my back, and I had just gotten home from surgery. I'd been home a couple of days, maybe, and I get a phone call from Bethany College, West Virginia. So people say that, you know, I was on some kind of drug, <laughs> so, uh, but not, not necessarily true. So I get a call from Bethany, West Virginia. We're, we're searching for a president. You're a disciple. You have a PhD. It seems like a good hand and glove fit. Would you talk with us? And I'll remember saying on the phone, I have to be honest with you, I can't get from here to the phone. Let alone. Let alone come and interview for you. So I, I, I said, no, you know, I don't think that's going to work. Uh, but with back surgery, those who on this call had it, you actually feel much better, much remarkably fast. Uh, so a second phone call came from someone within the disciples whom I respect deeply and said, I really think you should take this seriously. So that's number two. So you're gonna see my theology come out here. I'm waiting for number three, right? Uh, so, I, so I said, okay, well, um, 
tell you what, I, I really will think about it. I'll shoot them a resume just to be sure. Well, it was the last day resumes were closed. So I literally sent them an email resume um, and said I will follow with a formal resume later. Then I got the third call. And the third person called me and said, no, you, you, Bethany was made for you. You're a mountain girl. It's in the mountains. You love the outdoors. It's got hiking trails, which you love. It's got sports, which you love. You know, you need to, it's, it's disciple, which mm -hmm. you are. So it just, it's just like, you have to pay attention to this. So after the third call, um, I went ahead and submitted the resume. The search committee called me and said, we'd like to fly you up here to interview. Well, I couldn't lift anything. I literally could not take a piece of luggage on the plane. Yeah. So I said, okay, out of respect for all the disciples that have asked me to look at this, I will get on the plane, but I will take nothing with me and you have to interview me right there and I have to go. Get back on the plane. Yep. And remember, I haven't seen Bethany. Mm -hmm. I didn't know where it was, how you get here, could you get here? <laughs> Which is way, there's a lot of stories. That there's start a lot with, there. How did you end up at Bethany? Actually, I don't really know. No, I, I, yeah, I wanted to do this. I, up, I was in a Vela, and then I ended up in Beth, or I ended up in Wellsburg and didn't know where I was and hit a right, and it, here, it, here we were. <laughs> well, ultimately, my second interview, that was my experience. So I got on the plane, I flew back, we had a great conversation. I thought, oh, this, this, is, this, is, a, this is a really neat group of people. This mm -hmm. is going to be a, I, I'm going to take this seriously. So the second time I come out for a second interview, get these in order, I rent a car and put Google Maps in and say, I'm gonna find Bethany College. And so I started driving through the Pittsburgh airport and it takes me, I don't even, it takes me the back way. So you're going through the hunting area. So you're Bargetstown yep. into a Into a Vala, back, and then back on the back, on the road. 844 and Kitchen. So you yes. came in, your first trip, you come in Campground. I came in past Campbell, Campbell. Campground Road. Campground Road is my first. Right. And it view. depends on which side you're and on. Growl, I'm thinking, am I, and I, so they, they're just dug it up. I remember this. They, they just, so you're going right. <laughs> So I was convinced I was lost, but then, you know, you're, you're a rational human being. You're like, I got a PhD. I can, I can think this through. There has to be a road somewhere. Just keep going, right? Don't turn. I almost turned around. Uh, but then I passed this little octagon-shaped little office, and I knew that that was the Campbell Mansion, mm -hmm. the, the Campbell Study. And, and the reason I knew that, when I was ordained in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, someone gave me a little bust of the Campbell Study. So I've had it, I had it on my so bookshelf all these years. As soon as it came So I'm whipping a long thing and I've lost. It's now dusk. It's getting dark. I'm getting a little freaked out. Where am I? And I went past the study and I hit the brakes and I looked back and I'm like, no. Is that how little it really is? <laughs> you know, no, that can't be. It's like when you see the Leaning Tower of Pisa for the first time. You have your head. It's a big thing. Yep. It's this little thing. So uh, I knew that that's what it was. So then I thought, okay, well, the college has to be right up the road. Got up the road, and here's what happened. It was dust, so the lights of the college in the evening were on. It was gorgeous out. Um, I turned up, and then, you know, oh, old name lit up for night. And I just thought, oh, wow, that's beautiful. And that's kind of when the, the, my heart started to fall in love with mm -hmm. college, because I, I thought, okay. There it is. This is real. All along, I'm telling myself there has to be another road out of here. <laughs> that, that can't be the only road. There are. They're, they're a little bit more winding and downhill and uphill. And, and so I got to see Bethany, and I uh, and that's you know that's when the conversation really began, and how I got here. And I think that's a good spot. So we'll stop right there. We'll come back into uh, your Bethany's work because actually that was towards my end of my time as a student at Bethany, and I believe our. Right. Maybe the first 
month that you were here, we sat here in this office and had a a very long conversation. Of, I sent an email and said, "Hey, I'd, I'd really like to sit down and talk to you. I've been here for a couple couple years, and I I just I'd like to get to, to introduce myself." And I think we ended up sitting here for two, two almost two hours. Just Gosh, why did I put that together? Of course. <laughs> So right. um, we'll come back for that story. I'm going to send it to another alumni. His name's Kieran Dunn. He's the owner and founder of Maple Shades Outdoors. Uh, if you have not yet, check him out on YouTube, Instagram. Uh, he's putting out content almost every week now. Uh, this is the Dingo Talk show. So I'll give that to Frankie because he did that months ago and now that's what it is. For when we don't have alumni. Yeah. Great. So this is the Dingo, this is Dingo Talk. I am Carly Guadagnino. This is the Reverend Dr. Tamara Rodenberg, and we will be right back. KJ, take it away. What's going on, everybody? This is Kieran Dunn, founder of Maple Shade Outdoors. You're currently watching Dingo Talk with my man, Carlo. If you're anything like me and you're really enjoying this content, you should like and subscribe this page. While you're on YouTube, you should probably just head over and like and subscribe Maple Shade Outdoors. Check out our page, enjoy some videos, some outdoor content. You might as well hop on Instagram, Facebook, follow us, Maple Shade Outdoors. Now that's enough about me. I'm trying to get back and watch the rest of Dingo Talk, so I'll talk to y'all later. What's going on, Chucklets? Thank you, KJ, for those uh, words about the show and about your, your company, Maple Shades Outdoors. I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. My guest today is the Reverend Dr. Tamara Rodenberg. Uh, president of Bethany College. We left off in part one with your second trip. You, you found Castle or Campground and you would have passed Castleman. Uh, campground and Camp Run, depending on if you're in Pennsylvania or if you're in right. West Virginia. Uh, fall in love with Old Maine being lit up, especially with, the, with a nice dusk behind it. Uh, the third trip, because you were getting in right before we yeah. started back up, we were getting into the so. So um, I had planned to go spend a month in England, Ireland, and Scotland in while this interview <laughs> process is going on. So I left the country uh, with my family. So um, we spent a month climbing the highlands and moving around England, Scotland, and I'm at the uh, castle of Killarney, sitting down at the coffee shop in Killarney. And one of the board of trustees calls me and says, are you going to take Bethany's offer or not? And I'm like, I I'm, I'm in the middle of Ireland. Now remember, I had back surgery, so I, I was going to take this trip, I was mm -hmm. determined. So I said, here, tell you what, my family haven't seen it. When we land back in Boston, we'll, we'll forego the last leg of the trip, we'll rent a car, and I'll bring them all up to Bethany. So that's what we did. We landed, drove them all up to Bethany. Uh, remember, we're coming from metroplexes of Berkeley to Fort Worth to Bethany. You know, so most people go the other way. We <laughs> land this way. Uh, so I had a, at the time, a senior in high school going into her senior year and a seventh grader. So, you know, I, they, I was about to disrupt their lives quite a lot, particularly the senior going into her senior year. So we brought them up here and, and my husband was about to make a big shift as well because his job was out in California. Mm -hmm. So we, we came up as a family and immediately my husband, his name's John, he is from Virginia. So he would, he was sold the minute he saw the this trees, is it. right? This is, my place. this is where I belong. He saw Pendleton Heights and he was, he was in love. That was sold. No problem. My son, then we took him to the athletic fields. He's a soccer player and he saw this athletic opportunity. So he was sold. 
and my senior, what I agreed with her is that she could do one semester at Lindsley, and so she would know West Virginia, because that's mm -hmm. where her family are, and she could go back in her last semester and graduate with her friends that she'd gone to college with, I mean, high school with. So we struck a deal, and uh, that's how, and we, we said yes, and we came to Bethany. So then I, your, your first time, or your first day that I can remember you being here is, is January, fourth or fifth and yeah. it's comps and, and it's, it's cold crazy. and we were in that winter vortex thing and, oh, gosh. and there's just people outside yelling and whatnot and everybody keeps going, yeah, I think that's that's the new president. That's that's the new that's the new lady in charge. And you get people looking around where? where? Nice to meet you. <laughs> I'm gonna go this way. So talk about as so you take you, you come to Bethany you take the, the position. Excuse me. Uh, what were some of the the, the worries yeah. of coming? I mean, it's, it's it is a small school, and it's it's and liberal arts schools as a whole have kind of really taken a beating yeah. in the last couple of years with the, with numbers and the and just the ability to compete with universities and the bigger school. Everybody wants to go and be at the bigger school. It's it's very hard. Talk about some of the complications that you saw coming in that were. Yeah, well, what I saw, first, let's just start with the fact that it was winter. <laughs> Remember, I've just spent the last, I've been in Southern Africa, Southern California, <laughs> Texas, you know, warm Texas, and I arrive on January the 4th or 5th, uh, and it's snow and it's freezing. I literally had to buy coats and boots and gloves <laughs> to, so first I had to unthaw before I knew what was happening. <laughs> Uh, I do remember there were a couple of first impressions. The comps were really cool. I've never seen uh, where your friends are outside ready with their signs and their drinks mm -hmm. and their celebration and their confetti. Uh, none of the schools I've ever been to had done that tradition. So I started to see what the, the, the real blessing of going to a small liberal arts connected community looks like. Right? I didn't have that at TCU, didn't have that at Berkeley. None of my educational experience had that kind of community. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so first thing you notice at Bethany is that that's an important part of life here. If you, when we say you're a Bethanian, I mean you really become a Bethanian. You're you're part of the of the Bethany family. So, uh, first thing I noticed was that was real here. That wasn't just something you know. You say you're a horn frog and you're this, but there are ten thousand of you. So you know, good luck. Go be your own horn frog. Yeah. Figure, figure that out. <laughs> but at Bethany, to help you figure it out. Yes. Right. You are a Bethanian. You're part of what we call now protect the herd. You're part of the herd. Uh, and so when I first got in, I thought, you know, everyone welcomed me very well. It was, it was cold, so not a lot of people out. But what I started noticing at Bethany is that uh, students' relationships are, are lifelong. Because as soon as you get into a position like this, and you start connecting to the Board of Trustees, the alumni, and you have these conversations about their Bethany experience. So uh, along with doing that, one of the first things I did was behind me, I have uh, all the yearbooks, not quite all of them, I'd have 200 of them. <laughs> I have a select number of yearbooks. I decided I would start at the 1900 yearbook and I would read the yearbooks all the way through until they ended. Uh, and that was the best thing I could have done because the story of Bethany lives in this <coughs> long history. 180 years of history, mm -hmm. right? It, it's older than most institutions, all the institutions I went to. So sort of just trying to let Bethany speak to me. And figure know? it out through. Who the, she is, right? Yeah. Who is this school? Who are these people? Why do they care? 
uh, and just let it speak to me a little bit instead of me coming in and saying top down, here's how we're going to be. This is my idea and we're going to go this way. Uh, I want to do a little bit more organic and, and let the college tell me who it is mm -hmm. and then grow up strategy out of that. So um, we, we, that's how I approached it. How do we grow strategy out of who we are, where we are, what we are? Right. We had to, and then I had to get, spring came, we had a beautiful graduation ceremony and then sort of got serious about, okay, what, what can Bethany do? Where can it go going forward? Mm -hmm. And you got serious about the fact that we're rural and you know, you can get, we're close to lots of things, but technically we're rural. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have 1500, 1300 acres of land and how can we use it? So then you start looking at what are your assets? as an institution and how do you use them to draw other people to it. And, and those assets along with our faculty, staff, and students was the land. Yeah. And so we started driving a strategy around how we can fix our trail systems and how we can bring the environmental science on board and how mm -hmm. we can use the land well. Uh, and then the second thing that drove out of that was looking at rural public health. And so those are still tr strategic directions the college is headed toward and mm -hmm. where we, we want to develop out public health and environmental science. Those are natural to who we are. Uh, public health is an integrated liberal arts discipline, mm -hmm. right? You have to have every piece of what liberal arts offers to think about how do you handle public health. Now, in a COVID environment, it's even more apropos than ever that that's a strategic focus of the college. So uh, from an academic side, that becomes kind of obvious to who we are. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of other disciplines that are fabulous at Bethany, but those are strategic growth areas. Um, the other thing that became obvious to me right off the start is that this is an athletically focused institution. And you, I've got my Bethany football on, right? So that uh, students who come to Bethany, one, there isn't a lot of um, city activity around you. So you really need to be immersed in club, Greek life, sports, arts, you know, something that's your passion. And then you have a wonderful experience at Bethany. And it, it became very clear that's what the students were engaged in. So really looking at how do we grow that? How do we continue to grow that? So I think partly you talked about liberal arts being this uh, in, in this sort of difficult stage where it's been beaten up by the public. Very true. Uh, liberal arts has been beaten up by the public. In the question of value of liberal, liberal arts versus say skill-based employment mm -hmm. focused. Uh, and I will every time push you back to the value of liberal arts. And here's why. Uh, the, when in the liberal arts environment, you learn to learn. And not only do you learn to learn, you learn to be critical of what it is you're learning. And then you can teach yourself anything. Mm -hmm. Then the skill comes in. But if you don't learn to learn and, mm -hmm. and then how to, how to read, write, and criticize what it is you're learning, it, someone can lead you anywhere. Mm -hmm. And it may not be where you want to go. So liberally arts trained people from the beginning are actually asking the hard questions and teaching themselves. So pick any field, I can show you a liberal arts person who excelled beyond someone who got a skill-based degree. And, and what happens, and when I say to everyone who gets that kind of breadth and, and learns to learn, uh, they typically become the CEOs, CFOs, and they're sitting in the big seat. Because they're asking those tough questions and they're, they're not only asking it, but they have three or four off, they have three or four answers in their head of, okay, well, if we go down this road, this is how we're going to go. If we go down this road, this is... That's right. And, and even more importantly, they, the, if you look at leadership studies around, so it's fine. If you want to do skill-based work and you want to be a mid-level employee, super. Yeah. That's great. Do a skill-based and, and be there. But if you really are 
executive material, executive leadership material, you have to be able to ask yourself, how does this integrate with culture? How does this integrate with um, politics at the time? How does this integrate with finances? How does this integrate with communication? How am I going to market it? How is it? You got to be able to ask all the questions and guess what? If I go down the list you have to ask, there are every one of them a liberal arts discipline, right? And or intersect with a liberal, liberal arts discipline. So uh, yes, we, the liberal arts are being beat up in the public sphere and yet can you imagine a world without those kind of leaders? No. Uh, exactly. So our founder said, you know, you want to lead against the tyranny of others, right? If you're not able to think for yourself, learn for yourself and direct your purpose in life with some critical thinking, then you are going to be at the whim of the tyranny of others. And those others, I guarantee you, are trained that way. Mm -hmm. so, so yes, liberal arts has a strong and important place in American civic society, but in the globe, in the global world as well. So I think it's gonna come back, I'm gonna I... be honest. We're gonna learn from this little experiment of, of um, straight skill-based, you, you're a peg, you fit in this hole Instead only. Of being able to mold Shift, and move. As life presents options, right? Well, I think you're a perfect example of that. <laughs> <laughs> More so than I ever thought I would exactly right. Uh, but as life presents options, you have to have the ability to shift with that option, analyze it, and decide is that the right move. Mm -hmm. um, so I do think that you're gonna see that colleges like Bethany, and this is what keeps me here, drives me, and, and makes me wanna go forward, Students who go to a school like this and matriculate and graduate from a school like this, I know the day I hand them that degree, what they've been exposed to and what they're capable of. And I and I always say to people, be glad I sh if they're in trouble, be glad I shake your hand because I'm not putting out this gate, someone I'm not proud of. So once you walk out this gate and you shook my hand, it's me saying, it, and the institution, the faculty saying, we believe in you, we know you're prepared to lead this world, to lead in this world. We didn't prepare you to be you know, at someone else's whim. Yeah. We prepared you to lead, uh, and that's what we... Well, so you talked about the, the curveballs that, let's say, that life will throw at you as a liberal yeah. arts person, and you have to be able to change with it. Um, I think in 2020, there's no truer oh, testament than what you guys had to deal with in early 2020, and then through the summer, the ever-changing, okay, this is what we're gonna do, this is what we're gonna do, this is what we're gonna do, and always communicating it so that everybody in the community was aware of, we want our students back here, and but we want to also do it in a safe way. Yeah. Kind of talk about the, uh, just in general, I mean, COVID hits, and there's some really tough yeah. decisions and situations that come from that. I mean, the, you have, it's spring break, and your students are gone, but they're expecting to be back in a week, and then... So at, when this all started, at least when I became aware of it and what the college would need to react, the first thing was we had overseas trips planning to go mm -hmm. to different locations for spring break. And the hardest decision I thought at the time was I'm gonna cancel <coughs> overseas trips. And, and Bethany values global engagement. That's one of our strategic priorities. And here I am canceling the trips. I really thought at the time, this was, this was early March, late February. I thought, oh, you're overreacting. Right, but this is all we knew at the time. That's right? true. So I canceled the trips thinking it was a terrible overreaction. I think the rest of the school did too. Like, oh, there's overreaction. But everything I was seeing coming across my desk said, you need to cancel these trips. So uh, any good leader checks with other good leaders. So we do have people on our board who are medical professionals. Mm -hmm. So I picked up the phone and called uh, Dr. Linda Lewis, 
up at Columbia University Hospital, and, and she said, call it, call it now. So Columbia was seeing the same data, but in larger scale. Mm -hmm. So uh, once after consulting, I made the decision to call the classes, and then we, we said, okay, we'll let domestic groups travel. So our teams went. Mm -hmm. So our baseball team went to Florida, softball team went to Florida, others, a small domestic travel happened. In the middle of domestic travel, the American scene breaks open and COVID starts spreading like crazy. Uh, so we had a very hard decision because they only took one suitcase with them. Yeah. Right? And everything else is here. Everything's here. And I had to, had to actually stop them in track and say, don't come back to the college, go home. You know, here they, have, they don't have their computers, they don't have their books, they don't have, they have one suitcase for spring break. Mm -hmm. Probably swimsuits and towels, right? I would imagine. Uh, so I have to, we stop and we send them home. The reason we made that decision is so that we could immediately shift the college. Now follow this one, 180 years residential institution, overnight, the length of a spring break in a week, so two weeks, shifts to an online institution. Mm -hmm. uh, it, was, it was a phenomenal lift on the part of our faculty, staff, uh, I couldn't, if I get a point to thank faculty and staff, now is, now is the moment, because that was a Herculean lift, and I, I just was so amazingly proud of our team for mm -hmm. how they made the shift. So uh, then we went into the summer months, students still don't have their things, they had to abandon everything in place. Uh, we had to figure out how to move them out safely, and then how to move them back in safely. So. Uh, we made the call to come back to campus because partly we knew we could social distance. On this, I told you how many acres we have. Yeah, we would joke we'd give them all a tent, <laughs> you know, but we could get them here. Uh, we didn't have to do that. We have enough dorm space. Everybody had a room, and so as long as we could give everyone a single room, we could do the social distancing. We could brand masking, mm -hmm. and we could do that. Uh, we could bring them back, and so uh, we we've are. done that, and we've had a very good. You know, I want to knock on a lot of wood. <laughs> I got you there. It changes on wood everywhere. Uh, it changes by the day, but uh, our our campus, our students have really, for the most part, there's never 100%, but for the most part, understand that it's it's their own responsibility as well to right. keep them safe. And so for the most part, they're masking and, and socially distancing and being very responsible. So um, we're now in October, going into November. We end classes November the 20th. Just actually a little earlier than that, move out on the 20th. You know, we, we want to make that last distance. Yeah. And then we'll look at spring. So they're, they're, as of right now, the spring is still, we're coming back and everything. But again, as you said, everything changes with this. It changes on the, I, I don't know, you said daily. I want to, I think it changed in the hour that we've been yeah, it does. <laughs> sitting here. Uh, you know, there are a lot of things going on in the public sphere right now. Uh, you have the election in mm -hmm. six days. Six, yeah, you have the election in just a few days, you have the COVID environment, you have the economic environment, all pressing on what spring will look like. Yes. But then you want to throw on top of that the NCAA, all the athletic mm -hmm. uh, competitions, remembering that it all got to a screeching halt in March last year, including March Madness. You know, there's a financial, huge, huge. financial piece here. Remember, I told you I'm an economist, right? There's a, there's a huge financial piece here. Uh, Bethany's not different than that, right? We also are a business, we mm -hmm. run on a financial model. Uh, but more importantly, because so many of our students are athletes, 
that's their life. That's part of what they do. They're a student athlete. Mm -hmm. uh, so we wanted to socialize them in using NCAA guidelines. Uh, Steve Thompson did a super job. Proud of my coaches as well. Thank you, coaches. Uh, did a super job keeping our students engaged through social media, but then socializing it back on campus. Mm -hmm. uh, we ran our first full-on scrimmage this last week. I was actually green and white. You know, it was the first time we could put full-on scrimmages in volleyball, in uh, football, baseball. Am I missing a sport there that ran? And I think I think I've got them covered. Uh, but the three it's were. the first full-on mm -hmm. sports that we've had. We are still waiting for the test results out of that. That will help help us inform us what spring might look like. Uh, but at this point, our basketball players are set to return about the fourth of January, and they will be in full competition. Uh, full uh, PAC competition. Mm -hmm. The only thing I can tell this, the, the Dingo group, that if something changes, it'll be because the PAC made a decision to change. I can also say to you, Bethany will be the one, one of the last votes to agree to, to cancel a sport. And the reason is we can uh, we we can do this on our campus. Mm -hmm. we can, and it's, it, we and can it's a different it. campus than most of the schools in the PAC. Really, like I mean, I go down, you go down the road there to Washington. That's right in the middle. Of downtown Washington, you go to Waynesburg. Waynesburg is its own little community, but it's a it's a it's not like where you're you're, you're not in Bethany, where right. it's it's one road in and out. That's right. There's That's right. there's your townspeople that if they don't go to Chambers, they're probably not leaving the town anyways. That's right. And the students are. It's all right here. There's Thank and there's like you said, there's enough to distance everything. Um, and our students love being here, so, mm -hmm. uh, you know. You saw that all over social media. It was once they, it was the decision came down, it was, never thought I'd hear myself say this, but I really need to come back to Bethany. And it's, as an alumni, I can remember being, you know, you get to break. You're like, man, I can't wait to get home. And then you're there for a day and you're like, all right, let me do Thanksgiving and I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop in a car and head back down to Bethany. Why come back? I, it's just, it's a Bethany thing. You're not gonna. Yeah, it's just where I wanna be. Yeah. yeah. You just, <laughs> That's what, what surprised us, I think, our, our students, um, you know, because you're, you're a student, you have the stress of class and the stress of sports, and you want the break, and your, your friends drive you crazy, perhaps, and you want to get off, but then you realize, wait, I'm a Bethanian, this is where, and, and this is where I belong, this is where I want to be, and, and that's what surprised us with the COVID, is that our students really were expressing, I, I want to come back, I want to come home to Bethany. So, uh, and we did, we did several hashtags in a row. One of the first year I was here was hashtag bison pride. Mm -hmm. So you start seeing these bisons everywhere on campus. The next year was bison home. Mm -hmm. uh, and it really did, it really is a home. Uh, and I think that's what's attractive to students. And then we did hashtag one Bethany. Once you're a part of Bethany, once you're an alumni of Bethany, once a Bethanian, always a Bethanian. So uh, everyone out there wants to be a Bethanian, now's the time. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and now this year is Bethany Strong, getting through this together. So the last question I have, Ty, in every show, it's a two-part. Okay. Um, I'm gonna start, especially that you came from some, some of the larger schools. Uh, why Division Three? And then in the second part of that question is why Bethany? Yeah. And you've answered a lot of the why Bethany, but if you had to, just wrap it, and I think everybody that I've talked to, it's been the same answer. You can't answer why Division Three without answering why Bethany, and Bethany wouldn't be what it is from the athletic standpoint without Division Three. So yeah. they kind of go. It's another one of those that they, they do we blend right in. So I'm not going to disappoint you. I'm going to put them together as well because the D3 philosophy 
in sports is that this is a time for students to shine in their athletic capacity and capability, but to do so in the context of their larger life planning, mm -hmm. and that's the, their degree and what it means to be a student athlete. Uh, I've come from, you know, I, I love TCU, but I was there when they imploded the stadium and built the next giant D1 stadium. Mm -hmm. it, to be fair, it's impressive. Yeah. Uh, but it's a different, it's a, it's a different game. That's the only way I can say it. D1 is a different game mm -hmm. in education than D3. D3 is a whole person. How do you get the whole person? And not just the number. And not just the number and not just the sport. Yes. Right. Um, so, so what I love about the D3 philosophy is that uh, a student comes to us as a freshman. When they graduate as a senior, they're graduating as fully uh, prepared, both athletes and student and mm -hmm. graduates. And I know that the whole person is being put out into the world, not a piece of what that person is. Not to say all D1 does that, but I, I gotta tell you, when you're in 10,000 and 30,000 student bodies, I can tell you that breaks down into small schools as well. Mm -hmm. So ultimately we're all a small school. Because you go to your department. Absolutely, you get into small groups again. So if you just take Bethany as one small school within a consortium of a constellation of schools, mm -hmm. then Bethany's doing what Bethany would do sitting anywhere. Yes. Right? So uh, so just for those who are in those big institutions, at the end of the day, you still come into a, a group, a family of some sort. Well, I want to say thank you yep. for being for being on the show. Um, I really appreciate it. I have to send it to Harry because this is a giveaway week. I timed this okay. up pretty well. Okay. Uh, the giveaway is, as you chuckleheads at home know, first 10 people into chambers this Saturday. All you have to do is say, I'm a chucklehead that watches Dingo talk, and you get a breakfast sandwich on me. So, and then once, if there's 10 people, the not next week, but the following week, we'll do another giveaway where it will be one of the 10 people, and then your name will get pulled out of a hat, and you get, lunch, you get the lunch special on me for a week. Um, so, with that being said, I am Carlo Guadagnino. This has been Dr. Tamara, Tamara Rodenberg, the president here at Bethany College, and uh, I will Again, I want to say thank you, and then go ahead, Harry, take it away. You've just watched another exciting episode of Dingo Talk with your host, Carlo Guadagnino, recorded live in his secret lair in Bethany, West Virginia. Sponsored by Chambers General Store, the longest running general store in the state of West Virginia. Stop by and see us. We're here Monday through Friday, 6A to 5P, and on Saturday, 6A to noon. Get a breakfast sandwich or our new sausage biscuits and gravy. Coming soon, another round of Bethany Mushroom Capital of the World t-shirts and new Chambers General Store. If you don't, if we don't have it, you don't need it t-shirts.